Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Football is back. AB is in Oakland. Le'Veon's with the Jets. OBJ and Jarvis Landry have teamed up again in Cleveland. One thing that hasn't changed, though, where I'm placing my bets this season. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to us. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. Up to $1,000 first deposit bonus. Double your first deposit. Put in $100 and MyBookie will give you an extra $100 to gamble with. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today at mybookie.ag. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. And don't forget to use the promo code CHAIR when creating your account to claim the bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet, win, get paid. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neal the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. Oh, 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 oh the chicken. Double time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook, and with me here today, Eric Hawk. This is now part three of a, I believe we have a four-part series here, potentially, of the Colts player profiles. Um, and so to on here on today's list we have the running backs and the line by, linebackers. So quite the exciting show ahead. But before we get into that, um, some big Colts news here to start off the week. Um, first off, they signed Brian Hoyer to I believe a three-year contract worth about twelve million. I think it was 
somewhere like something like that. Maybe I got my numbers switched. But anyway, they signed Brian Hoyer to several-year contract to be the backup, and then they also gave Jacoby Brissett uh, an additional season. So he signed through the 2020 season, and he increased his pay to $15 million a year for the next two seasons as a Colt. So, Hawk, what were your thoughts on both of those moves by the Colts here to start the week before the season? Well, Brissett and uh, Hoyer obviously have some past history, chemistry. It was reported that they were roommates on Tom Brady's annual Kentucky Derby trip. So they know each other. There's some familiarity there. Um, Giving Brian Hoyer $12 million is kind of crazy, but I I don't think it's going to be that much in the long term. I assume to get that full $12 million, he'd have to have some play bonuses, I'd, I'd assume. So it's probably closer to around 10 for three, which for a competent backup, whatever, it's fine with it. It's not what Brissett was making, like less than a million a year, but now he's the starter. And that brings us into the contract extension. So it's a two-year deal starting this year. So they wiped this year's contract from, from what, I've, what I've read and heard. And so over these next two years, it's kind of showing, giving faith to Brissett that we believe – Ballard and Reich believe that he is the quarterback here and he's going to be paid for that. And if anything goes wrong, he's got a comfortable backup in Hoyer that, you know, on a good team, he can probably win you a game. I mean, I feel like Hoyer's been everywhere. He's definitely not going to beat a good team more than likely, but I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I, I personally don't think Brian Hoyer's all that good, but just, you know, their connection leads to that kind of deal. And apparently I also heard that they had to give him that third year because there was other teams interested. So guys leaving New England are always going to draw a little interest, I think. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the signing. I mean, we are what we're going to be. If we're going to be bad, we can still get a quarterback in the draft, you know, and you know, still you're paying the guy. You're not paying a rookie that much, so it's not going to hurt you salary cap-wise. So I, I don't think it, it really hurts anything. If anything, it just gives Brissett confidence going into the year. Yeah, I, um, when I first saw the contract, I thought it was a little ridiculous, but then you also got to think of all the money that the Colts have tied up, or not tied up in anybody, especially with Luck gone now. They have tons of money, and spending $15 million on a starting quarterback for the next two seasons, that's going to give them so much flexibility for next season. They could bring in, um, you know, not like it's their go-to move in the offseason, but they could definitely – be able to afford any free agent they want. They could definitely sign some depth to the team, make you know the roster even look even better. Uh, and so I just feel like, I mean, they're just not they're not uh, capping themselves for the long term. It's either they got Brissett on a friendly deal for the next two years, and he works out and he gets more money after that, or they just let him walk after next season and they bring in a new quarterback. So. It's not like they're tied up to it. And then, yeah, the Hoyer signing $12 million for Brian Hoyer is a lot. Um, he hasn't really done anything in his career except being, uh, you know, maybe had a couple solid games here and there. But I think from the looks of it, he uh, he's played for eight teams. And that's going to be my next question for you. Name those uh, eight teams that he's played for since 2009. The Bears. Denver. Broncos, so the Denver Broncos, 49ers? Uh, yes, so he, uh, he didn't play for the Broncos. He played for the Bears and the Niners. Didn't play for the Broncos? Okay, the other one is the Browns. Yes. New England? 
Yes. Indianapolis now. And Arizona, maybe? Arizona is there. Arizona and Houston. So you're missing one. You're missing one. I didn't even realize he played for this team. Yeah, so I'm not going to get it. Pittsburgh Steelers. Eagles, I'm just going to get Steelers, okay. Same state. Career career stats, he's uh, thrown 48 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, has a 60% completion rate. And uh, he's passed for 9,900 yards. Yeah, decent stats for backup. I'm fine with it. We got the money. And another here's a nice little stat before we get into it. Hoyer's married to his high school sweetheart, Lauren. The couple have one son and daughter. How sweet is that? So, Brian Hoyer, he's a family man uh, marrying a sweetheart. Do you hear uh, any of these Colts, uh, Andrew Luck rumors that have been going around? No, but I would love to. There's new rumors, and I don't want to do a false reporting bit, but I'm just going to relay what I heard. Something about they wanted to move to Hawaii for the birth. Also, that Luck's wife was having complications with the birth as well. Is the newest hot rumor hitting the market. There's been a thousand of them. So I think that one so was... hopefully they aren't true. That one with Hawaii was, I think, was one of the first ones that came out. So, is that one still being pushed? Yeah. That he it's, just they're just circulating circles at this point. I'm past it, but just thought I'd throw in my latest rumor mill rumor. So he just wanted to go to Hawaii for a year and then maybe come back, or he just wanted to go to Hawaii and live there for the rest of his life. Listen, I, I I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm past it at this point. I shouldn't even have brought it up. I know. Speaking of, I don't even know if I mentioned it last podcast, but I've moved on. New Jersey, Darius Leonard. I probably already said it, but I've forgotten. Uh, so yeah, my luck jersey's buried in the closet now. I won't wear it again for another at least another two or three years. It's not a jersey you can wear this year. So if you go to a Colts game this year, don't wear Andrew Luck. Uh, just move on. There'll be so many. Yeah, move on. There'll be so many luck. Yeah, you're probably right about that. But anyway, um, let's move on into it now. We got Colts player profiles here. That's why you guys are listening. And remind me at the end of the show, I have something that I want to say to the people who make it through the entirety of the show. I want to reward somebody. So remind me about that in case I forget. But anyway, yeah. It's a Born Ready to Pod podcast. Don't just skip ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so... um, Here's what I want to do. I want to start with the running backs... Then we'll take a pause, and then we're going to go to the linebackers. So I'm going to hand over the reins to you, and now this is your show. Okay, first off, on the projected roster so far that Ballard, or not Ballard, uh, Kevin Bowen posted a few weeks ago, I think he was like 50 of 53, correct? One of the replacements from last week was Chris Milton went to the Titans. We signed a guy... Ryan Lewis, also from New England system at some point. Just another guy on our team from New England. So just to touch on that. So first up, running backs. We got the man that's starting this year, Marlon Mack. I lost my place on my sheet here. There he is, number 25, entering his third season with the Colts. He's from the University of South Florida. Mack's still 23 years old. Last year, he had 195 carries, uh, 908 yards, 4.7 a carry, nine touchdowns. Um, that was in 12 games last season. So still almost got to that 1,000-yard rushing mark. Against the Texans last year in our first-round playoff matchup, he gassed the Texans for 148 yards. 
Um, <clears throat> Mac has battled some injuries in his first two seasons of his career. Last season, he missed week one, got injured in week two. We didn't see him until week six. The Colts believe in Mac, though, and uh, think he can be a feature back in this league. Mac has always had a unique ability to break tackles, be elusive. Um, it's not really a contract year, but he's kind of set up to where if he breaks out, he, he'll probably hold out that fourth year like most running backs do. So, and thoughts on Mac and his production. I mean, he doesn't really catch the ball as much as Hines will out of the backfield, but he's kind of, he started off, I called him a glass castle, and, you know, he's been relatively healthy so far and looks pretty good. So, there was a lot of high hopes on him when, when we all thought Luck was going to be here, but I still think he's going to have a good year, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was a contract holdout or maybe Ballard just gives him the extension upright if he has a good year. Yeah, um, that's a big question whenever you think of Marlon Mack is his health. Um, so, you know, yeah. hopefully he can play a 16-game season this year. Um, and he's one of those running backs where when you're thinking of all the running backs in the, in the NFL, he's not going to be, like, probably a top-10 guy that comes into your head as, you know, a feature back on teams. But he, when he plays and he's healthy, he can absolutely give you that type of production. So... Uh, I'm praying and hoping that he can stay healthy this year and we can actually see what he does over the long haul over a 16-game season. Yeah, I agree. Next up, Naheem Himes, number 21. He's entering his second season with the Colts, drafted out of North Carolina State. He's only 22 years old. Hines is your prototypical scat back, great for catching balls out of the backfield. Uh, last year with Luck, he had 63 catches, two receiving touchdowns. He appeared in all 16 games with the team. Um, he's got the home run potential in both running and passing game. He was a track and uh, field star at North Carolina State. He's also got a twin sister that's doing track and field there as well. He can do everything really besides block and the Colts offense. I, I was at a couple practices preseason, and you can kind of tell he struggles when a linebacker busts through there of, of really laying the block. But something he's definitely working at. He's kind of like a best-case scenario. He's like a Darren Sproles type. But, you know, he, he's got the ability to run. He, he ran the ball pretty decently in the games. Mac was out, too. Him and Wilkins were a decent decent punch. I wouldn't say great when Mac was out. So, Naheem Hines, he's going to have a big role in this offense, I think, this year. You know, he's going to be a second down – or uh, the second second back out of the backfield, definitely coming for receiving. So, any thoughts on Hines? Yeah, I'm hoping he has a big year. Um, he surprised a lot of people last season. I think a lot of people thought he was going to get cut. Um, and then I think he struggled in the preseason. So, uh, he came out and he filled in, uh, adequately, I think is the word I want to use there. And so, uh, Leah, like you, you, like you said, you could see him being that type of, uh, he's not a number one guy, but he could be like a Sproles type backup. You know, maybe his ceiling could be somebody like James White or somebody like that eventually. So we'll see what happens. I hope he has a really good year though. Cause he's on my fantasy team. Yeah, he's. He's one of those guys last year you could just see he got better every week and definitely uh, definitely can play in this league. Next up, we got Jordan Wilkins, uh, number 20. He's 25 years old out of Old Miss. Last year was the team's second leading rusher, and uh, he led the team in yards per attempt, something he was a little over five and a half, and uh, Mac was a little under five, so yards per attempt. Last season for the Colts, he had 60 carries, 17 catches. He played in every game. A solid backup for Mack and Hines will definitely get multiple carries a game. I can see him being used uh, a little bit in the red zone specifically. 
and uh, I just kind of like his game. He's not, he doesn't, he's not like the fastest guy out there, but you know, he, he's definitely still got potential and 25, 25, 22. And then the next guy we're going to be talking about, is also 25. So we don't have a guy a year old or 25 on this running back depth chart. So all of these guys still yet to hit their potential. And, and hopefully this year they all take a step. Any thoughts on Wilkins? Yeah, solid depth depth piece there, and like you mentioned, the uh, the youth as well is also a plus. And I believe, fun fact here, he has a Cameo account. So if anybody wants to get a shout out from Jordan Wilkins, go on to Cameo.com. You can pay him like twenty bucks, and he'll give you a shout out. Twenty bucks for number twenty. Oh wow! All right, next up we got Jonathan Williams. He's number 33. He's a 25-year-old uh, running back out of the University of Arkansas. He was drafted by the Buffalo Bills in 2016. He's bounced all around the league. We signed him to the practice squad last October. Will be our fourth running back on the roster. Has missed some time lately with a chest injury. I know he didn't practice today. Never really had much production in the NFL, but he's made the roster, and he could get some snaps here and there. There's always for an opportunity for uh, running backs in this Colts offense. Just another guy, a little unknown. Uh, he's been all around the league, like I said, so not really much about Jonathan Williams other than that. We'll see with him. Give me uh, Sharkandrick West. I would have. Sharkandrick West. I would have rather have kept him just for the name. Yeah, I think didn't he get injured or something? I can't. He like fell off really fast. Yeah, and then there was Foreman as well, and he just got injured. So there's been a lot of turnaround on this running back did group he get, here. Yeah, I don't know. If, did Foreman get injured too? Uh, yeah, I believe he did. Okay, well, I, I didn't. I didn't think Foreman was going to make the roster after everything I heard out of Houston necessarily. So that wasn't too surprised. But we could see. I mean, running back's kind of a big question mark. I mean, if you kind of look at other teams' running backs, we might not have the best core, but, you know, it's still it's relatively young and explosive, and they kind of do everything, those four guys. So yeah. we'll see. Definitely not our strongest suit on the offense, but could be a lot worse. So here's my question to you, uh, and the rumors have been going on on Twitter that the Chargers want a first and a fifth-round pick for Melvin Gordon, which is a lot. So, But would you be interested in the Colts trading for him? Probably not giving up that much, but they obviously have draft picks and pieces. Uh, but they would have to pay Gordon once they got him. So would you be interested in getting a guy like Melvin Gordon on the Colts? Yeah, absolutely. I think him and Mac would be amazing. And then Hines is your third option to scab back. I think that's a great – but I wouldn't give up a first-round pick just because you don't really know where we're going to be these next two years. Our ceiling is making the playoffs. Probably not going too far. And, you know, our, our floor is probably four wins, which would suck. and But that would lead to a higher draft pick you don't necessarily want to get rid of if you're looking at a quarterback. So I would not give up the first-rounder for him. But by all means, with the cap money we have, I think Gordon would be a decent, good addition for me. Yeah. All right, and I know I said earlier I was going to wait till the end of the show to give to do this uh, listener reward. But since people might have just skipped, skipped ahead, I'm just going to do it right now. Ooh. Flood out the cheaters. If you've already made it this far, I mean, congratulations. So here it is. I will give out to the first person. So I'm just only giving out one of these. The first person that sends us a direct message on Twitter and says, I listened to this part of the podcast, um, I'll send you out a free Domantis Sabonis 
magnet. How's that sound? Yes. So That's awesome. It's How is it signed by Hamas or is it just a regular magnet? It's just a regular magnet, one of our regular Born Ready to Pod magnets. Oh. I'll send you out a free one to one person, and it's gotta be, you got to live in the United States. I'm sorry if you live outside of the States. I know we have a few listeners outside of the U.S., but so criteria is first person. I'm only giving away one. First person that messages us on Twitter says you listen to this part of the podca- podcast. Um, we're going to send you out a free magnet. So there it is. You don't have to wait till the end of the show now. And for those, those of you that skipped ahead, forget you. So anyways, that's going to wrap up the running backs portion of this. And before we move on to that, a word from blue chew and my bookie. If you found a hundred dollars on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to MyBookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet the football this season, bet with MyBookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR, that's C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Hey, Chris, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Yes. (laughs) Specifically in the bedroom. Do you want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed? I know you do. Well, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach or empty. And since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. Wow. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises, because I know... You like to seize an opportunity when you see it, Chris. Oh, absolutely. If you can benefit from extra function and more confidence when it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most, most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Doctor's visits are literally the worst. They're made in the U.S. of A., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners and Chris. <laughs> Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. That is ARMCHAIR, B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, promo code ARMCHAIR to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. 
Alrighty, shout out there to Blue Chew and my bookie for supporting the podcast. Uh, if you uh, have any interest in improving in the bedroom or you uh, have any interest in getting your bet game going, make sure you go check both of them out. Um, definitely appreciate them supporting the podcast. Now, anyways, we've just covered the running backs portion of this podcast, and now we're moving on to a position the Colts have very much improved at over the last couple of years. I'm looking forward to this. Profiles on the linebackers. Hawk, go for it. So first up, linebackers. All six of these linebackers we're going to be talking about are Ballard draft picks. When we talk about Ballard linebackers in the 4-3, they're basically just looking for the most athletically insane linebackers they can find. Sideline to sideline quickness. They're going to lead the team in tackles. You're going to be big up front and quick in the middle. So that's kind of the scheme they run. That's why Darius Leonard had so much success because he fit all those traits. Speaking of Darius Leonard and uh, your New Jersey, number 53, second-year man out of South Carolina State. He is 24 years old. He was a high-rated recruit coming out and was originally committed to Clemson, but he fortunately did not make the GPA requirements. I know Pat McAfee's got an interview with him from uh, the end of last season that's really good. Talks about his life story. If you want to know more about that, I'd, I'd check that out. It's pretty interesting. He, I know he's got a brother in jail and kind of comes from a rough southern part and just seems like an all-around good person that loves football so last year he led the nfl in tackles in 15 games he had seven sacks four forced fumbles 166 tackles week two last year against the redskins leonard had 19 total tackles this was the most ever for a colts rookie earning leonard defensive player of the week the first time for a colts rookie has won this award since who chris can you name him um, what year? Um, I think it was 16. He's a Ball State Cardinal. Oh, God, I forget his name. Oh, what's his name? You don't have to tell me. I can't remember what his name is. Jonathan Newsom. Yes. I would have gotten Newsom. Yeah. yeah, so the first guy to earn that award since Newsom. Um, the thing I love about Leonard, he's just a straight country boy from the South that loves football. And it makes me really excited to watch. He's he's also a new father this year. Last season, he was the defensive rookie of the year and an AP All-Pro linebacker, but somehow not a pro bowler. We won't get into that because that doesn't really matter. His goal for this season, he said multiple times, 200 tackles and 10 sacks, which I don't think has ever been done for a guy that plays his position. Uh, at least the sacks, 200 tackles, I don't know if that's ever been done, period, but... And to be the NFL Defensive Player of the Year is also his goal. Um, my favorite moment of Leonard's last year was right after the Cowboys, or during the Cowboys game. It was like a big matchup between him and Leighton Van Der Esch, you know, the two young linebackers that kind of took the league by storm last year in the AFC and NFC. I remember he got a, I think it was a sack or a tackle for loss, and he just gets up and does Leighton Van Der Esch's uh, Howl at the Moon you know, celebration and got the whole place excited. And we ended up beating them 23-0. to zero. I, I know a lot of Cowboys fans listen, so it sucks to suck. <laughs> but that pretty much concludes Leonard. A lot to be said. I just he, You can always tell he's going for the strip. He just throws that fist in there with relentlessness. Fun player to watch. Didn't really have much high hopes going in on this guy. I know last season, I know he said in an interview that he screenshots pictures of things people tweet about him, and he uses them as motivation, his 
main motivation last year was a tweet from Bleach Report saying that he was the worst draft pick in the draft. So he's just a guy that he loves a good grudge and he loves people proving wrong. And his only goal, it seems like, is to be the best. So a guy you definitely want on this team in his second year. It's, it's pretty amazing what he did last season. Most tackles in a season in the NFL. Uh, Hardy Nickerson in 1993. How many do you have? 214. Wow. Beginning of the Tony Dungy stages there? I don't know. Maybe not. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. That concludes Darius Leonard. Do you got anything else on Darius Leonard you want to touch on? I don't. You pretty much covered it. He has made his way as, especially now with Luck gone, he's one of the most, you know, I mean, he's on all the Colts promotional stuff now, so he's the guy. So uh, I just remember vividly the game against the Redskins completely dominating and at that point I was like okay this kid's going to be something special so hopefully the NFL actually rewards him this year with a Pro Bowl uh, opportunity because I don't understand how he wasn't given that last season when he led the league in tackles but that's neither here nor there hopefully he can go out there get better this season get a defensive player of the year that's what I'd like to see yep next up Anthony Walker, number 50. Walkering is, Walker is entering his third season with the Colts. He was drafted in the fifth round of the 2017 draft out of Northwestern, where he had a prolific career, and he was an All-American at Northwestern. He's only 24 years old. He will start the season at the starting middle linebacker for the Colts. Um, in his first season, Walker battled some injuries and did not see much playing time. Last year, Walker was one of the three players to accumulate at least 105 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, one interception, and one sack. The other two in the league that did that last year were teammates Darius Leonard and Carolina's Luke Keekley, um, which led an NFL writer, Bucky Brooks, to say that he is one of the top breakout candidates for 2019. Last year, both Leonard and Walker on the field together was a nightmare for opposing teams. They were the leading tackle tandem in the NFL. Yet there is some thought that Walker will be looking over his shoulder as Ballard has drafted some guys to compete for his spot this season. He's going to be a big part of the uh, defense, in my opinion. Uh, his step from year one to year two was insane. He's completely changed his body. It, there's a picture on Google Images if you just type in Anthony Walker. He looks like an absolute unit with his shirt off. So he's a guy, he's, he's pretty athletic. He's not the most athletic, and that's why I think we've made some drafts you know, to maybe not re-sign him after this year or two years down the line. I don't know that for sure, but I thought he did really well last year, and I was uh, kind of surprised. A lot of people think he could lose his job, but at the same time, I haven't seen these guys behind him play, so you never know. I mean, Ballard's got a history of drafting some good uh, linebackers. So any thoughts on Anthony Walker? No, yeah, uh, he definitely, for a guy who had over 100 tackles last year, I mean, he's definitely under the radar, so – um, hopefully he can improve on that, but yeah, that's uh, pretty interesting that you mentioned that from Bucky Brooks. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Great name. Yeah. Bucky Brooks all time. Next up, Matthew Adams. Um, he's number 49, second year man who appeared in all 16 games last season. 
Adams is 23 years old out of the Houston area. Adams will be the Sam linebacker this season, meaning he will be expected to drop into coverage more than Rush. He had 33 tackles last season, didn't really see much playing time other than special teams until the second half of the year. For a seventh-round draft pick in a competitive linebacker room, I'm really impressed that he won the job this season. Not much to say yet about Adams. He has been a nice skill set and speed to play the sp- uh, play the spot. That's a tough thing to say for some reason. Um, he's a big part of the special teams last year, but I expect those reps will be passed on to Zaire Franklin. So any uh, any thoughts about Matthew Adams? Nope. Um not really just you know we'll see what he can do this season with uh more time on the field not to be confused with the other matt adams we had here a couple years ago that was a safety but yeah i wonder because i know there's some confusion there sometimes next up zaire franklin just talked about him number 44 second year inside linebacker out of syracuse he'll be in the mix for playing time with matthew adams playing a very similar position he appeared in all 16 games last season as well for the colts um, his big game, he had 11 tackles against New England. Um, he's going to be the big special teams guy filling that role that uh, Adams had last year. So definitely we'll get some playing time here and there, spot plays, maybe a couple times a drive. But hopefully, you know, health-wise and if he progresses, we could see could see him a lot. Any thoughts on Franklin? Probably not. No, I, I'll be honest with you. I was completely tuned out there as well. I, I didn't even know what you were saying because I was I was reading Twitter, and I'll talk about this once you're yeah. finished. Uh, I've got some breaking news from Scott here that I want to go over. But, yeah, I was just reading some stuff on there, and I apologize. But whenever Scott tweets, you you know, all eyes are on him. So yeah, you got to just tell me what he said. I can't wait any longer. Tell me what he tweeted. Okay, so anybody who doesn't know, this is – so here's the backstory on this. Scott, uh, Scott Tack on Twitter right now. You can find him, uh, at the ugly guy underscore nine. <laughs> um, Scott, Scott's very well known for, uh, as you can see by his Twitter handle, he's a very negative guy. He loves sports. He loves IU. He loves the Colts, Pacers, the, uh, Reds and NASCAR. So He's into everything, and the one thing is, is if you pictured the most negative fan there was out there, uh, Scott would be the guy. But anyways, Scott uh, had tweeted out um, he that he was glad that the preseason uh, was over uh, five days ago. So I tweeted at him, and I said, Scott, how many wins do the Colts get this season? And I figured if a guy that was so negative had high hopes, maybe there was a chance for the Colts. And lo and behold, Scott responds back and says, I think they can get about nine or ten wins. So, I mean, I was feeling pretty damn good about myself after that. Um, so now Scott Scott was replying to a tweet on Twitter uh, from someone else, and he responds and says to this guy that the Colts will tank and go 3-13. and 13. And <laughs> So he has completely changed his stance from five days ago, saying they'll win nine or ten games to 3-13, and 13, which is one of the most amazing turnarounds I've ever seen. That's a seven-game... So he was not like the signing. He must have I, hated the so, yeah, signing. Yeah, I, I guess that's what it was, the Brissett extension, and yeah, Hoyer, I just, it might have just ruined things for him. But I respond, I said, what the hell, Scott? And I copied the tweet... And Scott says, I'm just saying they will tank even though this team can make the playoffs. So he thinks There's that. No 
Yeah, there's no way that the Colts are going to tank. Um, and then the best part is this other guy responds back to him and says, I think Brissett is awful. They have a better chance if they roll with Brian Hoyer at starting quarterback. <laughs> Oh god. We haven't even started the year. Let's not be negative yet. Come on now. Well first off, you never take you never take recommendations from a Raiders fan. I mean that's that's key number one there. If a Raiders fan tells you something that you need to do to improve your team, you don't listen because Raiders fans I mean, you just don't take advice from them in my opinion. So um anywho. Yeah. I- let's move on. I'll 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 put I'll push it back on to you unless you got some more thoughts on Scott. No, we, we've gave Scott all the time he needs. <laughs> all right, next up. We got Bobby Okariki, number 58. Rookie out of the Stanford. Third-round draft pick. He will start the season as a second-stream middle linebacker for the Colts. A lot of spotlight on the Walker-Okariki battle, like I said earlier. Very hard last name to pronounce. I thought it was Okiri for an ever, and then apparently there's an extra K on the back end of that name. So it's pronounced Okariki. Um, Walker inevitably won that battle, like we talked about earlier. This guy's an insane athlete, very long arms, exec- exceptional production for Stanford. This is the guy that Pat McAfee <laughs> declared a future Hall of Famer at the draft in Nashville. I think you were there for that, weren't you? I was there, but I wasn't actually there for that day. I was there the second. Well, yeah, wait, no, I was there that day. Uh, yes, I was. Yeah. So this is the guy McAfee said is going to be a future Hall of Famer, and we drafted him. So I hope McAfee's right. Still an unknown. He's he's had a really good preseason. So that's all I got for Okariki. Yeah, that's uh, really the only thing that I can associate with him right now is his uh, introduction at the NFL draft. But anyways, go ahead. Next up, EJ Speed. Actual name is Elbert Martin Speed. So EJ Speed little more juice there. I like that a little better. So he's definitely gone the right direction with his name. Number 45. He's a rookie. He will be the backup to Darius Leonard if all goes according to plan, meaning Leonard plays every snap. He could fill in here and there, but inevitably I think he will be consistent special teams player, earning his way behind an all-pro. This is a guy that two phones mentioned Ballard was high on when he got the chance to talk with them at that coach's clinic he went to. He is somewhat of a project playing college ball at Tarleton State, which I believe is in Texas. He came into school as a quarterback, then converted to wide receiver, and finally linebacker, where I think he racked up over 200 tackles. He, he definitely fits the mold of a Ballard guy. Insanely athletic at linebacker. and uh, He led the team in tackles against the Bills in the preseason. I'm trying to think if there's anything else on speed. He's one of those guys I read also that he was he was definitely not on a lot of teams' draft boards, and then he had a like a very impressive pro day at another college that he got invited to, and immediately the Colts went all in trying to learn all they could about him and ended up liking him. So second linebacker we took in the draft, EJ Speed, and that concludes running backs and linebackers on the Indianapolis Colts player profiles this season. Any thoughts on those guys I just mentioned? No thoughts. I thought you did a good job of covering it all. The one thing I do want to point out is for anybody that's confused is when Hawk said there are two phones. That's referring to uh, yeah. J- Jake Light, one of our I, – I don't know if I should say he's an old co-host or he's retired or he quit on us or he's just on a long vacation. 
Um, but we haven't seen from him or heard from him in almost a month here on the podcast. So, uh, and with his new job, he has two cell phones. So that's why he has the nickname two phones, which is kind of ironic because the guy everywhere he goes, uh, he can't even locate where his keys are. And so now that a school is putting their trust in him to, uh, to have another phone on top of his personal cell phone is just baffling to me because it's only, it's only a matter of time. And you heard it here first, uh, that he loses that second cell phone and goes back from two phones to one phone. Just saying. Yeah. I'd say one out of every two times we've recorded at my house, he's had to either turn around or come back later because he's forgotten something. So definitely can uh, account for his, his knack of misplacing things. It's one of his specialties. Yeah, and I do want to mention, so now that we've turned the leaf on to uh, September, uh, obviously football's back. We got uh, Bears and the Packers um, coming up Thursday night football. But that also means NBA training camp starts this month, and it's the last month without NBA basketball. So we're getting to the prime time of the year where we have football, We have NBA back, and then also you can't forget the MLB playoffs, which is far more interesting to watch than the regular season. So one more month away, and it's just going to be heaven for us. We'll have a season preview again for the NBA, but I'm definitely looking forward to the month of October. That's for sure. All right, give me your World Series matchup, if you had to guess. I want to say Cubs, but I'm not going to say it. Um just because they've been way too inconsistent this season. So I think from the AL, and I hate saying this, I'll go with the Yankees. Yankees. I think I think it's going to be New York, although their pitching does scare me. Um, yep. But I could see, I don't know, probably the, I'll go with the Yankees. And the NL, that's a little bit tougher. Um I don't want to say the Dodgers again because that would be the third season in a row. And who wants to watch Dodgers and Yankees? I'm going to say no. – I'm going to say the Nationals <laughs> just really? because they have been on a tear. They are killing it. And if they keep this hot – they just swept the Cubs. I was at the game last uh, week when they swept them. If they keep up this hot streak, they have the pitching to do it. If they keep up this hot streak, the hottest team that goes into October – is the one that usually makes it to the World Series. So uh, they would probably be a wild card because the Braves are up like seven games on them. So I'll say the Nationals, and I hope I'm wrong because the Cubs will probably play them in the wild card, and I hope the Cubs win that. But for right now, you heard it here first, Washington Nationals World Series. How about you? I'm going Astros because of the pitching. Um, they've always been a steady team this season. They're 7-3 over their last 10. In the National League, I want to say the Braves, just because I think they're fun, young team to watch. But I'm going to go Dodgers again, just because I, I think they're just a total complete team. And there's a reason they've been to back-to-back World Series. So Astros-Dodgers, for me, is my prediction. It'll probably be completely wrong, but that's who I like. And I don't want to see the Yankees, even though I wouldn't care either way. And that would be a rematch right there from two years ago. That was the 17 World Series. So, um, yeah, Dodgers and Astros. So, yep. anything else? It's gonna. That's all I got on yep. the docket today. So, 
Um, yeah, that's and if by the way you skip to the very end, haha, sucker. Uh, it's already been announced, so you're going to have to find it in the podcast somewhere. But anyways, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast, part three of the Colts Profiles. And I must ask before we officially wrap up, is there going to be a part four? Um, If we do it, it'll probably be after week one of the NFL season, which I don't think is that big of a deal if we just want to throw one out. Okay, so part four planned, but to be announced. Planned and to yeah, be announced. Signed to somebody. Breaking news. Let's see. Oh, maybe not. I wouldn't be surprised. He uh, hit the game winner in the big three. I could see him going to the Lakers. Yeah. I could see Lakers, the Lakers. I heard the Phillies interested recently too. So as well as Brooklyn. That's the only going on. And Brooklyn is as well. Huh? Because uh, Wilson Chandler, he suspended twenty-five games. Oh yeah, I okay. I I'm sorry. I gotta ask. I I wanted to wrap up the podcast, but do you have a minute here? Because I have a sure. couple more things. So I have two more things on on my list here. Uh, number one, I want to get back to football, and then I'll go to a basketball take. Number one, I just wanted to say for any. I know a lot of you guys are probably IU or Notre Dame fans, uh, but uh, I'm a Purdue Boilermakers fan. And the game last Friday, the game last Friday, just wow. I mean, come on. They had, I believe, a 17-point lead in the third quarter. And what what are we doing? Like, that's just the – that's the. I shouldn't even be surprised or mad. That's a Purdue way to lose. I'm going to the game this weekend and next weekend. So the next two home games, I will be there at Ross-Aid. I'm pissed off because the game was on to like 2 a.m. Uh, I was watching it at my buddy's house. I left because it was like a two-touchdown lead. I was like, okay, I'll just follow the rest of the game on uh, the ESPN app because who the hell has CBS Sports Network? So I had to log in on my dad's account when I got home to watch the rest of the game. And the thing that pisses me off the most is, all right, 56-yard field goal by an 18-year-old kid. What are we doing calling a timeout? The play clock is running down. These... These schmucks, these special teams guys are sprinting onto the field. 15, 14, 13, 12. The time is against them. They have to get the kickoff or they lose another five yards, and it's a 60-yard field goal. So if I'm in that situation 18 years old, even now I'd be shitting my pants, running out onto the field, uh, and having to kick the longest kick of my career in my first ever college football game. I would be shitting my pants. And then lo and behold, what does he do? He completely shanks it. Like it was nowhere near it. And then of course you, you hear the whistle and you're like, Oh my God, did Brom really do it? He called a timeout. He called a timeout trying to ice the kicker. Well, the kicker didn't need it. Need iced. Imagine the emotions running through your head when you're sprinting on the field, like icing the kicker. So overrated. Just look at, these shitty kickers in the NFL, they don't need to be iced because they suck when the pressure's on them. So he, he gives them time to get set up, and then I just said he's kicking this one right down the middle, and then lo and behold, that one that sucker just gets – I mean, it was one of the most beautiful kicks I've ever seen. So that's enough on that. I don't know if you watched the game, but I was just sincerely pissed off, and I had to vent about it um, because just what a Purdue way to lose a football game. Insanely, and you gotta, you gotta put that on Rondell Moore. It, it pains me to say it because he's the best Purdue athlete they've probably ever had. But what do you have? Three must punts. He lost two of them. Yeah. 
Like that that's inexcusable. I don't know what the stadium situation was like, but was Nevada's quarterback he, he was a freshman too, wasn't he? He was a freshman and that was the first game he had started in since his junior year of high school. <laughs> so he didn't that's st- insane. He didn't that he, half, he looked terrible. And then that second half he he played really well. So He went from terrible I mean, shout out Nevada. They, he went to Joe Montana the yeah. second half. The guy was just he had a laser rocket arm, man. Um so yeah, that that was just, you know, game i watched the whole thing at my buddy's house he, he rented a projector and we were just sitting there there were people leaving when they were up 14 and i was thinking to myself oh, i've seen a lot of purdue games uh, this was not in the bag and lo and behold when that freshman kicker came out i thought this will be an all-time purdue loss and sure enough it was and it, it kind of reminds me of that game last year they started who they who they lose to Eastern? It wasn't Eastern. They did end up losing to Eastern Michigan, Northwestern last year when yeah. they started the year, and that they got that dump penalty in that game. They should have won. So, just typical Purdue, classic. Yep. So Vanderbilt this week at home, and then TCU. Like I said, I'll be at those both of those games. So if you're tailgating at TCU, hit us up because uh, I'll be out there. Two phones will be there as well. So, um, And then the last thing I do want to say, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I don't really want to say much about it, but it pissed me off. LeBron James has submitted the paperwork, reports, whatever you want to call it, to make Taco Tuesday his own. He thinks because he says Taco Tuesday on Instagram and Twitter that he now can own the phrase Taco Tuesday. What are your thoughts on that? How does I don't even know. Can you just take a term that's already a term and be like, "That's mine now," and I'm gonna copyright it? I don't, I don't get how that works. It's not an original idea, so I don't think you can copyright that. It doesn't make any sense to me. But I could see someone, some little like seven-year-old, just putting up a Taco Tuesday post, and LeBron's suing him for half a million dollars. That that sounds like classic LeBron, just <laughs> shitting on everyone. The best part is like, when has the guy had an original idea in his life? And I and I I looked at other people saying this, so I'm not going to take the credit for digging up this information. But he came up with a TV show called The Wall which is essentially Plinko, if you've ever watched it. He took that from The Price is Right and just added questions to it. Okay. So, Yeah, so The Wall is pretty much Plinko. He's coming out with a movie, Space Jam 2, which is just, which I guarantee is going to be god-awful. And so he's just copying off the first one's success. And then also he's got the show on HBO, which is The Barbershop, which, I mean, there's tons of shows out there where guys are talking in the barbershop. There's even a movie called The Barbershop, guys talking. The guy hasn't had an original idea in years, or if ever, um, and you're you're not going to get away with this, LeBron. Taco Tuesday's been a, been a thing for I don't know how long, and it's not yours. Uh, you're, making, you're making social media not fun, and I hate your videos on Tuesday, so... That's all. That's all I gotta say about that. Um, anyways, that will wrap this up. Um, and if you are still listening to the podcast, haha, sucker! If you went to the very end because we said it somewhere else in the show, it's deeply hidden. So, anyways, that's gonna wrap up this episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. We will see you guys next week. Hopefully, gloating about a Colts win. Have a good weekend, guys. <laughs>